today's podcast. Our topic for today is how to get people to like you. Uh, obviously, being an expert at this, <laughs> I am perfectly <laughs> placed. Um, but actually, we've just done two days training on this. And Diane, how would it feel if you could walk into a room and immediately feel comfortable knowing that those people liked you? That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And and even that, even if you'd had the experience of knowing that you actually know how to get them to like you, the confidence that that would give you would be amazing. Definitely. Yep. So what we're going to do today is talk about some, I'm going to say tips and tricks. Are they tips and tricks? They're yeah. a bit more than that. It's knowledge, it's training on actually some of the basics, some things that you probably already knew, um, maybe some new ones. Uh, that actually, if you followed all of these, these are the building blocks of how to create good initial rapport and how to get people to like you. Um, a lot of us do this naturally. As babies, we literally are programmed to get people to like us. Babies have to be able to smile and be cute and get people to like them. And we have honed that getting to our age and stage. Uh, we've honed that over a few decades, haven't we, Diane? yeah I'm, so, I'm a couple of decades ahead so yeah <laughs> I don't think you are but um so so we're going to talk about breaking it down because one thing that I think you say quite interestingly is actually you know all of this you know how to do this but you're not necessarily consciously aware that you do all of these things yeah so, and, yeah we so we did some training recently on this and that was very much I, I know that I do all of this but I'd like to kind of know some of the reasoning behind it so yeah so we're going to talk through how to get people to like us. So we're going to start off with obviously building rapport. You know, when you first meet someone, it actually is all about communication. And the best definition I have of rapport building, and this is the part that I like, is actually if you've got good rapport, then the person you're going to to um, influence, so the person that you're in rapport with, will accept your suggestions without resistance. From a sales point of view, it makes our life easier. You are bonding with them, you're connecting, they're just going to accept things without resistance. And imagine being in that level of rapport with your staff. They're just going to accept your ideas without resistance. It is going to make our lives easier. And that really is what this is about. It's not trickery. It's about what little things we can do to communicate better so that people aren't just resisting us the whole way. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing here is that it's not a trick. It's yes, it's learning to influence people, but it's actually about communicating the way that they need you to communicate. So it, don't feel a bit, a bit of a trick. It's, it's influence, but in a nice way or a, a helpful way. And one of the things I think we all have to realise is we all communicate differently. I know some people like big picture, some people like details. What, what are you, Diane? Do you want the big picture? I like the big picture to start with and then a little bit of detail, but don't give me too much. Yeah. And this is quite interesting because actually with our staff, they want detail. Tell me how okay. it's going to be done. I don't want to know about the whole house. Just tell me the one room I'm going to do. What do I need? And I find that quite difficult sometimes because I'm different. I want to know big details. Don't give me the nitty gritty. Someone else will sort that out. Yeah, and it is. It's about that ad adapting, isn't it? So understanding that the best cleaning team members out there are the ones that have attention to detail. So they need they need to feel secure and safe and they need to know that all the details are covered. And yeah, the big picture might not be as important to them where they might not get as excited about the big picture as we do. And 
also, if you communicate in your way of actually just describing the overall project, the big picture, and you miss out all the detail, well, how are they meant to deliver the job? Because actually they work purely on facts, figures, details. Yes. So it's, um, it's communicating in a different way. But we're going to go straight on to actually communication. So when we communicate, the, the stats are that 7% of your communication is words, 38% is tonality, and 55%, again, this is what people remember, is physiology, or a lot of people know that as body language. Yeah. So thoughts on that, Diane? Well, it's interesting that we're on a podcast and most people listen to our podcast, even though we do have the YouTube version, most people listen to it. So you can't see us right now, more than likely. No. And 7% of what we're saying, the actual words, that's how much will people remember? Only 7% of what they remember mm. from this podcast will be our words. Maybe I mean, that's pretty stop, depressing. Should we just stop talking? Why are we depressing? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the point? Um, 38% tonality. So I think we need to get over the grump and uh, remember to have a good tonality. Yeah, be a, bit, be a bit more positive, cheerful, sound positive, yeah. And you would think, even on a podcast, so people are listening to this, we've said that 55% of what people remember is physiology or body language. And you would think it's a podcast. How can people possibly remember our body language? You can't see us. You've got no idea how we're sat, stood. What are we doing? But that's not entirely true. And I know that I train my teams with this in mind. And we train as far as actually giving them a sentence when they go through the door to greet a customer. Do you have this, Diane? We don't do that, but we do how we answer the phones is scripted and things like that. It's a sort of similar thing. So I'm going to run you through some of our basic training, Diane. You're going to be trained how to walk through a door now. <laughs> get too excited. Um, so I'm going to get you to say, hello, my name is whatever your name is. So for me, it's hello, my name is Louise. How would you like me to, oh, we'll say, what would you like me to focus on today? Say, hello, my name's Louise. What would you like me to focus on today? Really simple. Now, you've got to remember that you're at the door and you've probably got cleaning kit in your hands. Okay, so you might have a vacuum, you might have a bag of cloths. And, you know, we've all been there. It's raining. You know, it's not always the easiest. So first time I want you to do it, you're going to say, hello, my name is Diane. What would you like me to focus on today with your head held high, smiling, enthusiastic to see the customer? So go ahead, Diane. Morning. My name's Diane. And what would you like me to focus on today? Perfect. OK, Diane, it's now raining and you've got the sheet of paper that you have got all the notes on the house and you're holding that between your chin and your chest because your hands are full of cleaning kit. So with your head on your chin, I would like you to smile again and deliver me the same sentence, but your head, your chin must be on your chest. Okay. Hello, my name's Diane. What would you like me to focus on today? Okay, it's quite funny to watch that. <laughs> I'm sure I look hard, amazing. It? <laughs> it's hard. And I think even on podcasts, you can see it's a bit more muffled it's hard to be enthusiastic it's actually quite hard to smile when your head is down like this yeah you can't help but go a bit deeper um so actually our body language can have quite a lot of an impact just on that but also we're sat here quite naturally with our shoulders back our head held high how many people actually are shoulders hunched over your neck sort of in a bit don't notice me is what the body language is saying and it comes across you know when we talk we have quite an open chest but right now I'm hunched up you can't project your voice actually I'm swallowing because it's quite hard to talk openly on a podcast being all hunched up 
um, as soon as I stand with my shoulders back, my chest opens and I can breathe again and you'll hear me quite easily talk enthusiastically yeah. and certainly I think before we start our podcast it's always a little bit of I mean not we, not we do press ups or anything like that but we do have to get in the zone a little bit don't we we kind of have to go right ready off we go so there is a physical readiness isn't there yeah and I think where this comes in is when you're doing a quote people make or when you go to a house people make their impressions of you what is it something like the first five seconds they make their impressions of you and that is quite often we've talked about it could be the way you're dressed but a lot of it is how you're literally standing there with the kit in your hand are you looking at them are you hunched over are you ready to go yeah it's the positive first impression isn't it whether that's on the phone and we've we've demonstrated on the podcast that physiology affects your voice so on the phone physiology is important but obviously even more so face to face and going back to tonality now how many times does this trip us up with online forums you can't hear the tone and without the tone the same sentence has two entirely different meanings yeah and yeah, definitely and I think that's I, I coach my team a lot on this that the written word you're receiving it based on how you feel not based on how the person sent it you're just receiving that information and you're putting your own baggage is probably not the right word but you are putting your own stuff around it and it's not always meant how it's written or how you've perceived it to be written and if we know that they don't remember the words they remember the tone so if i think of a sentence such as diane can you make me a cup of tea how does that make you feel <laughs> well there was no please <laughs> there was no please was there diane can you make me a cup of tea it was expected, wasn't it? And did it get you back up? Probably. Because if I said, oh, Diane, can you make me a cup of tea? That's a different, Same word. different tone, yeah. But actually in the second one, you know, that's how you'd speak to a friend. Diane, can you make me a cup of tea? You and I are not going to be friends. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just a don't. Um, we, um, when I used to do um, sales training with a telemarketing team and we used to have a thing where, you know, it was a smile before you dial. I know it's a really common sort of mantra across the, the sales industry, but it, it made a difference to how they sounded on the phone. If they smiled, even if they didn't mean the smile, the physical change changed their voice. Yeah, I can still smile and be rude. Diane, <laughs> you ate your cup of tea. <laughs> oh, I'm smiling. You're still not making me that cup of tea. Yeah, but I bet people listening know that you were smiling through gritted teeth. <laughs> oh, I was, yeah. We're not even in the same office. I can't even get a cup of tea, just to be clear. She's not making me a cup of tea. Yeah, no cup of tea here, sorry. <laughs> um, but the other thing that makes a big difference, and I find this, and, and actually I got into this a long time ago. I used to study, I quite like comparing this to dating, okay? So I didn't study dating because I was dating. I'm reading it to do a lot of that, unfortunately. Um, but actually, when you're learning to sell, understanding how people connect with each other, and I like the idea of building up the connection in a bar quite quickly, it is exactly the same theory as when you go in and meet someone for the first time. So actually, what we want to do is something called matching and mirroring. So a lot of people make the mistake. Someone crosses their legs and you immediately cross your legs. <laughs> yeah, that is not going to cause a greater connection. They're going to think, why are you copying me? It's a bit weird. But if you notice in a room, so if you're watching and can see the video, Diane's tilted her head slightly to the left. If I tilt my head the same way, you know, she might not even notice, but actually we'll feel slightly more unconsciously connected. So 
again, if someone's got their arms crossed, it could be because they're cold, but it could be because that's how they feel more comfortable. If I cross mine, we're stood the same way and actually it feels more comfortable at that stage. Yeah. And I think the match and mirror is, is so much around somebody else's body language. And, and I know certainly me and my husband, we're together a long time. We will quite often just look at each other and laugh because we realise we're both literally sat in the same position, you know, or stood in the same position, you know, hand on hip, same hip or whatever. And yet we, we're just like, we're doing it again because we're, we're, we're constantly in rapport, which is good. Because you're the same. But what's really nice is actually... If you can match the person, let's say we're on doing a quote and you can match that person. And so let's say they are speaking slowly. So for me, who's quite excitable and speaks very, very fast, I slow it down and I'm matching their breathing and I'm going nice and slowly and we're connecting about whatever we're talking about. And then actually I can start to lead the body language. And at the point where I can lead it and I, it might be that I shift my weight over to my right foot, if we're standing up. And then they shift to their right foot. Or it might be that they, um, if you're sat down, cross their legs. You only have to cross at the ankles or maybe cross your wrists. As long as you're doing something similar, actually, it works exactly the same. And you can start to then lead it. What's really good then is you can start to change the tempo. So for me, if I'm with quite a slow, you know, when you meet someone, you don't know what has happened that day. So I would match that. And then I want to raise the excitement level to my level, ideally. They may never get there. Um, but I know at what point people need to be to be buying my service. And if I can get them to that level, they're much more likely to buy. Yeah. And there's an element when you're when you're out at a sales appointment or doing it on the phone is of guiding the conversation. And that's very much you need the rapport to be able to guide the conversation. But it kind of it's always it always seems to happen naturally. But there is a lot of science behind it, isn't there? So it really does does work. I'm not sure. It's interesting what you're saying about talking fast, because, yeah, I'm a naturally if I present. I speak quite fast, but if I'm working with team members, I have to consciously slow myself down because otherwise I feel like I scare them sometimes because I am so fast paced and this, this, this and this. I can't I can't train them that way because it's not right for them. And I've done this. I walked into the morning meeting really like excited, ready to deliver what I'm about to deliver. They're not in the same zone as me. Yeah. And it completely is lost on them. It doesn't matter what I'm delivering unless I can get into rapport with my team. I have wasted my time. I can excitedly deliver the most exciting toilet training in the world. Um, and that is possible, I do believe. But, um, you know, they've had a tough day. You know, they bumped their car on the way to work. The kids were crying, blah, 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 blah. Me walking in excitedly is the last thing they want to see. And they are never going to remember what's gone on. I mean, you can build them to a, a better state, can't you? But you have to realise where they are now before you can start that process. And it's the same with customers, I guess, isn't it? You you arrive at their house, you know, they might have just had a row with the husband about the cleaning when you arrive. You just don't know, do you? You have to match them to start with and then guide it from there. And when we say match, you almost, what I find is you have to talk about a neutral subject. So... I'll be like, oh, you know, what's happened? What's in the news? And while that's going on, that is where you're matching their breathing. And actually getting in rapport isn't what you're talking about. We can talk about any subject. And that is where you're starting to just get into the same rhythm and zone as them that is a bit slower. And I'm going to say slow because no one's faster than me. So no. <laughs> basically, I have yeah. to slow down. Yeah. 
It's very rare somebody goes, can you speed up a bit? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's ever asked me that. I'd like them to, but um, no. So, so in the mornings, in any presentation, actually, it is about... Um, it's a good introduction and, and quite often I ask questions and, and we'll talk through a very slow introduction, get into it, hands up what's happened, you know, whatever, and um, talk about subjects where you're on very neutral ground, get them involved in it. So that actually when we get to the point where we want to deliver it, so either in a presentation with staff or when I'm pitching what I want to the customer, I then have a lot more control over the body language and they're much more likely to accept what I'm saying without resistance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've mentioned this on a, a previous podcast, I think about, you know, when I first started my sales appointments, I was wearing a suit <laughs> um, and I'd get turned up on my clients would be wearing slippers. And I very quickly realized actually it's very hard to build rapport when I'm dressed completely differently to the client now I don't go in my slippers but you know it's just a more casual because I'm going in people's homes so that's all part of it isn't it and I, I think for me definitely something that I'm starting to become aware of um we talk about marketing quite a lot and doing quotes and I do all my quotes online absolutely love it um, but I was brilliant at doing face-to-face -face quotes and I know you do quotes over the telephone it is a lot harder to build that rapport yeah. And it's such a crucial part of them accepting what you're saying. Um, I definitely think that I have to put more effort into it because it's very easy to go, boom, 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 boom. Give me all this information. I'll give you a quote. I could do that with an online form, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think in person we go, oh, you know, isn't this a nice dog? And oh, what a beautiful coloured door or whatever we talk about. But it's, I suppose it's understandable if it's 55% body language then losing most of the body language by doing it on the phone or doing it on a, a video quote, it, it's going to be harder, isn't it? But you just have to, you learn to try and build the rapport in a slightly different way than the immediate, like you say, talk to the dog or, oh, you know, cute kid or, you know, nice kitchen or those sort of other ways that you can sort of start to relate to somebody. You can't do that quite so easily on the phone or the video quote because you're, you're asking questions, aren't you, to kind of build a picture and... And I, I tend to throw in little bits as I'm asking questions. So, you know, as we're having, because I'm, I'm all about having a conversation. That's how I want the, it, the call to go. I want it to be a conversation. I don't want it to be a, they ask them how much it is and I tell them and, and then I try and justify it afterwards. It's always about a conversation. And you have to learn to throw in these little snips, just, just a bit of rapport building, just to soften the conversation and make it a bit less form filling um you have to be able to have a chat yeah and people buy from people they they say it's no like and trust but really people buy from people like them people yeah. want to know are you like me and actually the only way you're going to get that across is by being there and being like them and being like them isn't I've got the same kind of house quite frankly I don't have the same I wish yeah. I had the same kind of house as my customers but I don't um it is you know do do they're going to interpret do we have the same values as actually are you going to communicate in the same way as me and yeah. that is the speed the tone the tempo uh the volume you know yeah. if i start shouting at them yeah. <laughs> even in a nice way it's going to turn them off very quickly yeah um, absolutely yeah but the other thing is actually how people take in information and like to communicate is also down to their particular style. 
So not many of us actually like auditory style, no. which is really great for the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's interesting because the, the rise of podcast, I think, is around, you know, we had a chat about it. Didn't we? It's about convenience rather than actually people's preferred way of learning or taking in information. It's just more convenient for us, isn't it? If you're listening to this now, you might be working, you might be driving, you know, you're you're able to do something else at the same time. And I think it's it's to do with that, isn't it? Rather than that actually people like to just listen to things. But people, a lot of us either like to learn through touching, doing, um, or by watching. So some people like to learn by watching a video, some people like to learn by listening to a podcast not as many some people like to learn by touching and some people love a good fact file graph tell me the data about it explain the history um i want to know all about it would quite happily read a university report on it yeah and some of us might skim it <laughs> some of us might not do it that way and i think um well that's interesting and that's great that have people learn that way actually we like to communicate in that way as well and you can quite quickly pick up how people like to communicate through a few little giveaway words like oh that feels good oh it looks like that would work that might be a visual person it feels good that's quite a kinesthetic person someone that likes to touch things and particularly when you're doing quotes, you can realise what these people are like. So if you can see their house is like a show house, it's highly likely that they're a visual person. So what we want to do is start to match that. So we are going to tell them how oh, it looks like this would work for you. And um, when my staff are going around there, you'll be able to see that this is what's happening. You know, we're using those kind of words so that they we're pitching it back to them in a way that makes sense because there's no point for someone that's very visual if I go right well I can see what you want and I've got this booklet about all the data that shows how safe the chemicals are what <laughs> why would they want that I mean they might like it but unless my booklet was full of pretty pictures it's not going to work they want to see that I am going to deliver and make it look as beautiful and connected as, as they are. I think the key here as well is that you need to learn to sort of build rapport naturally. But if you can learn around the topic, there are things that you can add in there. Because if you try and go in there with a lot of learning all at once, it's going to feel really strange and the customer is going to pick up on that. So you need that naturalness about it, don't you, Louise? And I, I guess that just comes with practice. Yeah a lot of practice a lot i try to chat a lot of people up in a lot of bars to class, and i failed a lot of times i've been doing this for years more years than i want to confess and then when when i wasn't going to bars anymore i'd go to conference rooms i'd go to networking and i'd try like these little things and i'd be saying what came across as quite frankly weird as i'm trying out little tips and techniques and actually it's interesting you say networking because i think networking for me was one of my biggest confidence builders i absolutely hated it but it got me to chat to people just random strangers in fact because I did so much networking at one point I remember being on a bus um going on the park and ride to York one day and feeling the urge to talk to the person next to me and it was kind of like no that's actually weird 
on <laughs> it, it might not be weird if it's if, it, if you fall into a conversation naturally that's fine but I was actually going to introduce myself because I got so used to networking that I was like no you don't do that on a bus if you have a conversation you, that's great but you're going to introduce yourself and tell them what you do <laughs> exactly yeah don't give them your elevator pitch just stop it no but it, it but joking aside networking is a really good way of of learning to build rapport in an environment where everybody's doing the same so you can learn those skills do you know so obviously I've studied this for a long time I think it's been really strange though over Covid because we kind of closed down for a year and so you couldn't mix with people you couldn't network you couldn't see friends for a long time and you kind of get out the habit and particularly I know I now do quotes online I don't see people as much as I used to I feel like a hermit saying this um but it feels like sometimes we have to put a bit more effort in because actually everything got taken away yeah yeah and and so much about selling and building a team and building a business is about your self-confidence getting out there and actually doing these things actually will build your confidence even if it feels like a struggle at first yeah so that's a little bit about how to get people to like you it's all about the body language match them the breathing is the biggest thing if I could give one tip to anyone breathe just breathe at the same rate and the best story I've got about this is if you want a baby to go to sleep did you hear this one Diane do you hear about the baby so if you want a baby to go to sleep and that baby's screaming and crying and won't calm down if you can cuddle that baby close to you and breathe at the same rate so when they're crying it's short shallow breaths I go (laughs) if you can do that and copy them it's only going to take a minute or so and if you slowly start to slow down that baby will slow down and actually one of the fastest ways to get them to go to sleep it's not just to cuddle them it's actually your breathing as it slows down and they slow down that's what calms them down it's a lot of us think if you cuddle a baby that'll just sort it out it's about the breathing and matching them and they pick it up off you there you go thankfully no babies in in my uh, in my immediate future <laughs> well works the same with kids i've tried it you know mine mine are coming up 10 now they still get agitated and yeah. it still works you know a good cuddle when they bump their knee works a treat brilliant works do you know what do you know what my daughter do you know what my daughter loved to get her to sleep was the vacuum cleaner I can't help but wonder I why your daughter why. more connected with the vacuum cleaner than your breathing. But <laughs> whatever, Diane. She just loved the vacuum cleaner. It's so much so that my my husband recorded it <laughs> and then would play it as she was going to sleep. Goodness, but people do. It's white noise, isn't it? Yeah. People do like that. I, I personally find it a bit odd, if I'm honest. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but it, it I, I've got to say, I do like going to sleep with like you know, on Audible or something where it's got a timer. Um, but you know, people say you can remember these things. It goes into your unconscious mind. You remember it. Mm. No, no, I've got no, no idea. <laughs> no, in fact, actually that came up in the NLP, didn't it? Because I was sort of saying, because I'm not very auditory when I am listening to a book, I my mind wanders and all of a sudden I'm three chapters in and I haven't heard a word. And he's like, yeah, but unconsciously it's going in. And I was like, 
I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure it does, especially a book. And I'm listening to it and you turn, I turn on my, it automatically turns off after 30 minutes on my Audible. So I turn it back on the next day. I'm going, I haven't got a clue and I have to rewind it and listen to it again. But then I always think, well, at least I went to sleep quite quickly. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, there are bonuses to it, aren't there? Well, that was been an interesting chat, Louise. Thank you. Um, a bit of, uh, yeah, we're going to go out there and get people to like us. That's the key to selling and building a team and probably to having a happier life too. Oh, well, I'm at a conference all weekend, so I'll let you know how many people like me, but probably not many. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask them how many people like you by the end of the conference. Probably best not to. <laughs> probably best. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll just build rapport quickly and get out while it's going good. Brilliant. Thanks, Louise. Thank you. Lovely to speak to you, Diane. Bye-bye.